All right, everybody, thanks so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans. I'm your host, Greg Fowler, traveling throughout the marketplace, interviewing the top real estate professionals in our field, essentially gathering insight, inspiration, really drives and motivates these top producers above and beyond everybody else in what I'd like to consider a real estate titan. Our very special guest in the future titan today, John Stegner. John, honor to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Super excited, beautiful office, by the way. Love the space, love the feel. Um, if everybody can come in here and see it, you got to do it. It's amazing. Uh, but John, I, I just really want to dive into the series of questions. Okay. Uh, get everybody to get to know you uh, as a man, as a professional. Just start with telling everybody a little bit about yourself. All right. So uh, I guess one of my unique claims to fame is I'm a fifth generation Colorado native on both sides of my family. Okay. So there's not too many people that. on a dairy farm in Fort Collins. Love it. So I grew up working seven days a week on the family farm and uh, somehow I have a profession that is seven days a week sometimes. <laughs> um, but you know, it's neat being, uh, going that far back. The family were Democrats and the other side of the family were Republicans. Okay. And it was, uh, it was awesome. I like, you know, was on a dairy farm, like hanging out at the stockyard with a bunch of interesting blue collar people. And then at other times I was a competitive tennis player hanging out at the country club, oh, you wow. know, with a whole different kind of group of people. I think that was, that was good for, for me to just be a high adapter as I went through life, being comfortable around all different kinds of people. Huh. So, and I, I love the fact that there was the balance there, right? Yeah, so that it was, uh, experiencing so much of life already as you were growing and going, uh, where did it come into play as far as you as, um, a professional into real estate. I mean, John, what was it initially? Why did you get in real estate? What was your career path to today? I still don't know. Okay. So honestly, <laughs> the honesty I, here, everybody, it's there. No, I mean, I, I was going to be a, a doctor. Okay. And, um, I was a very good student and had scholarships and, and I proceeded to stay in college as long as I could. Cause I just liked playing sports in college. Um, you know, I rode crew, I played tennis, I, then I got into Ultimate Frisbee, and honestly, wow. I took a, a graduate program in natural resource management, hmm. a fellowship from the Forest Service, because they had a good Frisbee team. <laughs> so I went and, like, you yep. know, just made the most of my college experience, didn't meet my wife until my last year and a half in school, okay. which was the best thing that ever happened to me. Love it. And then my ultimate degree I finished with, which I just bounced around all over the place, psychology, and um, was computer information systems. So I got my first big job as a uh, usability information design kind of expert okay. with Cambridge Technology Partners, worked my way up to a national director position. Wow. So I got to help design websites for like uh, Seagate, largest hard drive, tape drive manufacturer in the world. Unreal. I uh, like facilitated a session with like 400 of their employees, you know, <laughs> at one point. And uh, wow. I, helped, I worked on Lufthansa's website. Okay. So, you know, I got to do some really cool stuff in tech, worked in all the cool data centers, um, was an IT manager for Noodles and Company, working in Boulder and wearing, you know, Birkenstocks and running Mount Sanitas at lunch hour. And oh, that's great. Went through the whole dot-com boom and bust, and then, you know, I was laid off multiple times. Okay. In the bust. Hmm. You know, I'd go on a sales reward trip to the Grand Caymans and two weeks later not have a job. Like it just wow. didn't make sense. And so I became disillusioned in making money for shareholders okay. and in corporate America a bit. And one uh, engineer that I'd worked with mm -hmm. um, had gotten into real estate and he was working his tail off and he was rookie of the year at Keller Williams and he and I started New Era Group together. Wow. Um, so New Era Realty at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and I, there was no plan. I didn't have an interest in real estate. Okay. I, and, you know, but I sold 32 homes my first year. Mm. I was very fortunate in that I was, uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of sales training because eventually I got moved out of engineering and, and consulting into sales and okay. technology. And, and so, it, you know, selling to CFOs and CEOs that hate their job, <laughs> you know, these multi million dollar like tech solutions, 
not so much fun. Right. You know, honestly, those people were not happy people. Oh, Made a lot of money, but they weren't happy people. Sure. And the last thing they wanted to do was talk to me, but I had to close the deal. Um, there you go. So when I got to be in real estate, like the sales aspect was easy. And then I found it to be very meaningful. So all of a sudden I was using my negotiation skills to try and help a family. Hmm. And that turned my crank. Hmm. And so, you know, I kind of did that 32 homes and I just got to that. That was my expectation of myself. And so that's kind of what I did every year was sell somewhere between 30 and 40 homes. And that was a nice, nice volume, nice living. Yeah. So long answer, but it was a long answer. journey. Yeah, I was all sure. over the place, for you sure. know? Um, and then the growth of the team, which is now around 65 folks. Love it. That was, I don't recruit. That has just been uh, organic. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people have come and, and had a good experience. And then they've told other people that this is a good place to be. Mm-hmm. So we're, it's my work family now. Wow. So none of this was by design. Okay. It was, you know, I can I could make it a story by design. My grandma was a real estate agent. My dad's a real estate agent. My mom's a real estate agent. There you go. But I got my mom and dad into real estate uh, after I'd already been in that. Unreal. And I I never put two and two together that my grandma was a real estate agent, except I have memories of her wearing the like the gold jacket, the Century Twenty One. Interesting. So, wow. Yeah. So you know, I could say I'm a third generation realtor, but which is true. It's true, but, but you know, not, not the reasons why right. and everything. And and I love that story going through, and and uh, especially when it comes down to what you've built and the culture, um, and obviously, a lot of people have the field of dreams sort of mentalities. You feel that they will come. Uh, it doesn't always work that way, but apparently, you know, through right culture, right atmosphere, and, and word of mouth and a positive, it can happen. And here's yeah, an example. I, mean, I, I actually don't like the word culture because I come from the dot-bomb days, right? Okay, okay. We had crazy cultures. There were beer carts with imported beer getting <laughs> pushed through the cubicles, and we had, you know, kegs on the roof and, you know, great parties and great trips. And mm-hmm. But it was, there was, it was fake because at the end of the day, when the controller said... I mean, one sales team that was incredible that I was on, hmm. well, the controller told the VP of sales to take the sales team out in the parking lot and shoot them in the head when it was time to lay us off. That was his language. And I unfortunately believe that there's too many um, corporate entities mm-hmm. that are like that. It really is about the money. Sure, so I agree with that. I got, I got turned off on the word culture, mm-hmm. and I like the word community. I like calling I like everybody that. my work family. Yeah. And I like um, genuinely caring about all my people mm-hmm. and you know this is not an easy profession it eats a lot of people up well you know when when 90 percent of people that get licensed a year later aren't in the business you know it's it's hard on people and i you know i want to not have i don't want to bring people in here and have it be a revolving door hmm. if i have someone join new era i'm invested in their success and you know it breaks my heart if they don't make it wow. you know so you know, I I gotta have them succeed just to protect my heart, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, because I, I want my work family to be happy and healthy, and and so anyway. Well, but that's important though, John, that you mentioned that it is is your heart, and it is family, and 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 discounting culture, and, and really bringing a, a new era to right. to what the real estate industry is. And um, I, I want to segue into the next question because I think that this is crucially important, and it kind of tails into what we're already discussing is. The, the why of what you do and why you do it and how you do it. So the question is, why you do what you do, how for as long as you've done it, the level that you've done it, what really drives you, John, motivates you, uh, gets you out of bed every morning and excited? Yeah, no, I mean, I, again, this industry, the language in the industry, I take mm-hmm. issue with to a certain extent. Sure. Everybody talks about gross commission income, like I'm going to sell, I'm going to get hit $250,000 in GCI this year mm-hmm. or deals. You know, I'm going to do 30 deals and, you know, I have to deprogram myself all the time because that's when you read the real estate literature, that's how the language is used. But sure. I try to reprogram it to like, I'm going to help 30 families or 30 people. Yeah. Like if I can talk about setting goals like that, hmm. it brings meaning to the job. It aligns hmm. my, my intentions when I'm working with customers. Right. Um, and that's the, that's what I'm trying to do. So I think... Hmm. You know, if you think of real estate as a helping profession, then, you know, I think your tenure in the industry is going to be a lot longer. 
Agreed. Um, I've seen way, way too many people who are very talented salespeople mm-hmm. hit the big GCI numbers, like blow out the president's club, you know, just crush it. Mm-hmm. But because they're just working for the dollar right. and they're having to escape from their job, mm-hmm. you know, this job's too stressful. You know, moving, buying a home, that type of thing, mm-hmm. on some lists it's in the top 10 most stressful things you do. Yeah. On some lists it's in the top three. And typically it happens when you're also maybe changing jobs, changing cities, there's a death, there's a divorce, there's kids. Like you're dealing with other humans that you have a agency relationship with, that you have fiduciary responsibility for, that are incredibly stressed out. And if you don't see this as a helping profession, you start seeing your, your clients as a problem and a pain in your hind end, mm. and that makes doing the work right really hard. Wow. So you're absorbing mm. all sorts of stress. Um, you know, in a perfect world, and agents talk about this, I mean, you get incredibly close to your clients mm-hmm. because what you're helping them with is really important and really stressful. Right. You know, I, I tell agents, call your all your clients like a week after, and I do this when I remember to. Mm-hmm. You know, I call them a week after closing, and I'm like, all right, this is your call, and I just wanted to see if I need to send you kind of like coupons for therapy or anything because typically you're experiencing withdrawal symptoms right now because you got used to having me in your life like almost every day mm-hmm. and now we haven't talked for a week and I know how hard that can be and they crack up because wow. but it's true like so so my why is if I can keep having this be very meaningful what I do um, and then I'll keep doing it wow. and the you know, the, the clients are gonna come and go and some of them will stay in your life and become friends. But, sure. you know, I've sold over 500 homes now. I, mean, I can have only so many intimate relationships where I'm able to stay close with folks. Fair enough. And, uh, but the agents, the work family, like some of them go back to when I was in technology. Wow. Some of the agents on my team go back to when I was on the high school tennis team. Unreal. So some of these people that are at the New Era Group have known me since I was a teenager or knew me in a totally different role as an IT executive. And now we're all out slinging houses together and hopefully doing it for the right reason and helping people. So does that answer your question or? (laughs) It does. John, I think that that's uh, crucially important. And we kind of pre-discussed before we, you know, shot this live here um, is talking about the why and the importance of that and really being greater than ourselves. And I I love the, the verbiage that you're using is kind of deprogramming the thought process of GCI and, and transaction and things along those lines and, and thinking more about helping people. And, and I think the true professionals really understand that it is about the people. Well, and it's, it's really important within my community Mm -hmm. because, you know, I have an agent right now that I think is doing great. Okay. She's living in Taos. Okay. Um, she comes back and sells a house or two and goes back and lives in the desert in Taos with her puppy dog. And, you know, I don't, know what her GCI is, don't care what her GCI is, but she's living the life she wants to live, Hmm. and real estate is enabling that. And that's really the goal, I think, is to create the life you live, and your work supports that. Right. And the dollar figure is totally different for everybody. Hmm. So some people, you know, creating the life that they want to live, they need a larger GCI. Right. Some people creating the life they want to live, a larger GCI. I would destroy that lifestyle. Mm. And I've also seen so many different ways business. You know, there's it's it's boggles my mind. I mean, one of the guys that I admire so much on my team, he um you know, he's been number one. Wow. And he's just an incredibly good human. Mm. He organizes hella skiing trips. People backcountry skiing. He wow. takes people. We he, mountain biking trips. Hmm. We just went out to Moab with a group of guys for the sixty. Killer. Admire um, and respect him. And wow. you know, so I I respect the people that do co- podcasts and share information. Sure. And all that, but you know, there's just a lot of different ways to do this job, and that's what makes it so fascinating to me. I, John, I want to tap so. into that right now on, on this particular question because we're, we're just going to start to flow right here. The information is already incredible. Let's, let's go another step further. Uh, this particular question is a crowd pleaser for okay. everybody out there, and they want to know what the Titans have done or are currently doing to grow and scale business. You mentioned success, and there's so many different ways to succeed in this business. Mm-hmm. So if you could look back at your career thus far, 
and pick or choose one or two things that you added to your business or implemented that took it from one level to the next, or something or some things that you've seen really, really accelerate and elevate business that you could share with everybody. What yeah. does that look like? Yeah, well, first, I, have to, I don't know if I can be a Titan, because didn't the Titans end up in oh, like, the no. deepest level of hell? Well, no, no, no. That's, that's, that's different. We're talking, that's so, Greek mythology, I guess, you're based okay, off of that. Okay, so, I knew that was going to come in at some point, right? <laughs> I don't want to end up in hell. The, 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 you, like, you'll not. You'll okay. not, my friend. You're I'll be, too I'll good be of a man. Stegatron. That's a, <laughs> or the Steganator of real estate. That's, I can't that's be a Titan. Yeah. What like, about the giant? You're a giant. A real estate giant. All right, there so, you go. Uh, um, I was, I, I leveraged my IT background. Okay. So the first year I was actually on a, a team that had a big print marketing footprint. Okay. And that provided me the opportunity to do open houses and just the basics, okay. respond to inbound phone calls. And you know, that made selling the 32 homes pretty easy. It was just like, you know, I just had to get on the phone, make a friend and I say easy, but it is a very unique skill set to be able to convert raw leads. Sure. Um, so when I really went out on my own with my business partner that founded New Era, um, you know, we had print, print advertising, mm -hmm. real estate magazines, believe it or not. Sure. Those real estate magazines would just sit and people would open it up and you'd have to call an 800 number to find out what the house was worth. Hmm. I mean, when I first started real estate over 15 years ago, there were DOS prompts to search for homes because we had our first browser-based MLS and it wasn't very good. Wow. So we would go back to the green flashing <laughs> You know, big, type in beds and baths and dollar figure, city, map area. Wow. We drove around with map books because that was what was in the MLS, map page and section because we didn't have GPSs. So go. anyway, it's been a little while. <laughs> but so the, the print marketing, what I found when we started the team was only so many people could actually convert. Some of these people were awesome agents. Hmm. Um, one of the agents that came in and tried to convert leads you know, wasn't very good at it, but they became one of our first independents. And that agent happened to sell a $4 million unit at uh, the Four Seasons this year. Cool. So, you know, it, you know, she wasn't good at, at converting internet leads, but she was an amazing human okay. and went on to be a great independent agent. So <laughs> first it was print marketing, then the first website, we started Denver Lofts and Condos for Sale and uh, Denver's Real Estate and at one point, it was generating like 500 wow. uh, internet leads. It was ranked number one for the search terms, Denver Lofts, Denver Condos, Denver Real Estate. Mm, huge. And we were kind of running it like a traditional Keller Williams team okay. where we had you know weekly funnel reviews with our buyer's agents. Mm -hmm. and But long term, what I found was because only so many people can get told no 95 times for the five times that we told yes, Right. And still stay sane. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, building a company around that isn't very fun um, mm -hmm. because, you know, you're selecting for this only specific type of salesperson. Okay. And then if they're really good at it, they can go buy Zillow leads or whatever the flavor of the day is. Sure. And they don't have to pay you the splits mm -hmm. that you have when you're running buyer's agents. So it becomes a revolving door. And that's been mm -hmm. how a lot of real estate teams are structured. There's just this revolving door. That doesn't sure. lead to community. Right. So over time, you know, the independent agents, the people that all did it their own way um, is what I've attracted. Hmm. And then create a community in which everybody shares what they do. Love that. And so, you know, I think I was telling you there's a guy I know that, you know, generated 60 deals this year through doing podcasts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, another guy I know, he's a river rat, and he's a skier, and all those people he meets out on the river and skiing, hmm. you know, and this isn't the one that was number one, but he's doing great. Sure. And so there's this huge hmm. difference. I mean, I, I know people who do two open houses a month and sell 30 deals a year wow. from the open houses, and that's their only marketing. Sure. I know people who spend... $3,000 on print marketing every month sending out postcards mm -hmm. and they may sell 30 homes a year. So this is a, a, a very pure entrepreneurial environment mm -hmm. and you have to figure out what your style is okay. and you have to figure out what who your tribe is mm -hmm. um, because if you can get into the repeat and re repeat referral world mm -hmm. working with your tribe, that's way more fun than the way I started, which oh. was how I became successful, which was... I was great at converting internet leads. Mm -hmm. 
you know? And yeah, I mean, I, I had transactions where, you know, someone called me and, and I went and sold a Four Seasons unit to them. It was off my lofts and condo website and it was just like that. Yeah. You know, so I, I guess if someone's listening, <clears throat> there's no one way to do real estate at all. There's, there's hundreds of ways to be successful in real estate. The way that a lot of your consumers do it mm -hmm. by having a big online presence and being a known individual and sharing information online, I think it's wonderful if you like being in front of a camera. Sure. For so many agents. Well, so. There's tons of takeaways in there, John. If you look at it, and for me, and hopefully everybody is hearing this or seeing this right now, is. Uh, you know, really finding who you are, your passions, and then finding your tribe, as you said, to really connect. It's a people business. I, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, every single level that's based off of any angle or any comfort that you have in creating a business as an entrepreneur, the end product is attached to people. Mm -hmm. And it's connecting with people. And, and that, oh. that, that hasn't changed. And, and as far as I'm concerned, never will. My favorite model now is simply to figure out how you can be a resource for everybody you know. Mm. And if you can be somebody who's a resource, whether someone needs a plumber or someone needs a ride home from a doctor's appointment mm. or someone needs, you know, needs you to watch their dog, it doesn't matter. If you can be a resource for a lot of people, you know, because of your flexibility, because you're not stuck in a nine to five. Sure. Like we have the opportunity to be of service all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, they, people will remember that when they need your service. Agreed. When they need to sell, buy or sell a house. And if you can also be a bit of an evangelist. I mean, I've had a lot of young agents that have come in and made a big difference in all their friends' lives by coaching them on how to buy their first home. And, you know, they make a difference in those people's lives. The earlier you get into real estate, I mean, more millionaires have been made through the ownership of residential real estate than any other way. And so if you can, if you, if you know that and you can help your friends become owners of their first place and then two years later talk them into renting it and buying the next one because that rental will pay for their first kid's college education mm -hmm. and two years later help them do it again and leverage, you know, government money, right. FHA loans and those types of things to your advantage. I mean, you're, you're doing something that's probably more beneficial than their financial planner is managing their 401k. I would agree. 100%. So, you know, I think, you know, there's a lot of meaning in this job and, and there's a lot of opportunity to really help other folks. The more you focus on that, it's a wonderful way to stay in the business long term. So I, I always say, I want to be here when I'm 90. I want to be really old and really wrinkly and like breaking your camera <laughs> and uh. us still talking because if I'm still doing this when I'm 90 years old, then every day when I come in here, I better be doing it in a way that serves me because you only go around once. Right. If you're trying to accumulate wealth so that at some point you don't have to do this awful job, mm. I mean, that's no way to go through life. Agreed. So. You know, and John, there, there are so many takeaways and, and applicable information, not just for real estate professionals, for entrepreneurs, mindset, and, and uh, business professionals out there, but... I'm hoping that everybody feels the same way that we really want you to be around past 90 doing this because well, the, the wealth of knowledge that's coming out of you is I got incredible. That, I got that from reading an article when I was like my second year in this industry about this 90-year-old broker up in Seattle. Hmm. He's this cute old dude walking yeah. around like being the managing broker with a bow tie and I'm well, like, that's really cool. And then <laughs> I had a closing with a guy that was you know, in his late 80s not long ago and He's like, why are you doing this still, man? And, and he's actually like, well, she's got to have something to do. And his wife's over in the corner, has Alzheimer's. Wow. And she he, she goes with him everywhere, and she's knitting. And she's like, she's got to have something to do. And she likes to get out, so this job's good for that. Plus, all my friends keep dying, and someone's got to sell their house. Like, <laughs> this is great. Like, I'm like, yeah, I want to be you. Like, that's cool. You know, it's so, uh, I, I think it's that, that uh, phrase that's thrown on quite a bit, but I'm a firm believer in it. You find something that, you know, you're passionate about, you never work a day in your life. I mean, and that's true to a certain extent, right? So when you're 90 and still doing what you do and love, you got to really, really. Yeah, I, I have that quote on my door, uh, my office, and, you know, it's a hard one to live up to. Mm hmm because um, sometimes work is just work sure and, and sometimes aspects of the job is are tedious and tough right and you, you know but 
Uh, the other thing I try to do is be zen about those things mm -hmm. so that if you ever one good example of the concept of Zen is chopping wood and carrying water. Have you ever heard this one? I don't know. Yeah. Please so, share. Please share. So, Drop the knowledge. So take it back to primitive survival. Mm -hmm. And every day, if you don't drink water, you're going to die. Right. And it gets cold at night and, or predators come in. If you don't get wood to like light a fire, you're going to die. Okay. So every day you got to chop wood and carry water. So the concept of Zen is you can begrudge the fact that if you don't get out there and get your water, and chop your wood like, oh my God, I'm, it's drudgery, right? Mm -hmm. Every single day I got to do this. You know, that can be really rough. Mm. But you can also chop wood and carry water and you can listen to the birds and you can breathe the air mm. and you can smell the flowers and you can feel your muscles when you're chopping the wood. And so there can be pleasure and work wow. and it's just perspective. Right. So, you know, I think that being zen about the tedious tasks and realizing that it hasn't changed. Hmm. It's no different than chopping wood and carrying water is a, is a concept. It really, you know, it's a perspective thing. It isn't the, na the, the task itself that is either miserable or pleasurable. It's simply your perspective of it. Wow. So, yeah. it, so I try to, when I'm, when I'm feeling like something's arduous, I'm like, okay, Zen out here, John. The the water and chopping of right. wood. Mine's Chop wood and carry water. But it's that good, but that is beautiful, John. I mean, that's a, that's a mic drop moment. Um, you know, as as we put out here. But I it's think not, that, it's not. Uh, it's reuse. All the good stuff. Is, I love yeah. it. I love it though. And and we all need to hear that every day. And and no matter how many times you have heard a concept or a thought process or mindset development, it's it's constant reminder. We we yeah. we're, we're people. We're designed to consume something and then forget it almost just as fast. So oh, yeah. what we continually do is who we continually become right so you got to have a little constant diet of inspiration if you don't thanks for providing oh god hey it's you guys this has been an absolute i want to i want to shift gears okay. slightly on this one this is the tricky part of this particular series uh it's a challenge question mm -hmm. so when i get into this with a lead into it with we all have challenges and struggles in our lives whether it's personal or professional whether it's in the past dealing with it or happens john but how with learn from and, and structure after the fact to share with others um, not personally or professionally but um, if you could share a challenge that you dealt with uh, you that you overcame what's that look like for you you know, my parents always said I had a rubber butt, you know? <laughs> okay. So I think one thing that everybody has to do is bounce back from hmm. whatever they've, whatever failures they've had. Okay. Like it's, we're all going to fail, especially entrepreneurs, they're going to fail. And how you bounce back is, is key. You've got to hmm. have a short enough memory to forgive yourself for your mess ups and to, you know, get back give yourself permission to be your own hero and get back to living a happy, healthy life. Wow. So I've had, I've had to have a rubber butt. So, okay. I mean, since I was in my teens, I struggled with clinical depression. You know, if, wow. if people were, if, you know, if someone was a cancer survivor, it's a very mm -hmm. logical answer to that question. Sure. But mental health and mental illness is something that has, is heavily stigmatized mm -hmm. and not enough people talk about it. So since I'm on a podcast, I'm going to just throw it out there, you know, okay. and clinical depression is, is horrible. Mm -hmm. It's, it's incredibly painful. Sure. You know, started in high school. I went from number one on the tennis team to not even going out the next year, you know, started out full ride scholarship in college, second semester dropped out mm. of college completely. Was in a PhD program and writing my dissertation and had to leave and just walk away. Um, and that has happened. Like my first big job when I was the inter the national director of a, of a technology, great consulting company, mm -hmm. dream job, really, really fun job. If I'd stayed on that one, it would have been, I may have still been in technology because it was just a fascinating discipline. Okay. But I, I was horribly clinically depressed. I was traveling nonstop and I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it sidelined me multiple times throughout my life. Mm -hmm. And, um... You know, I think that, you know, I look at 
you know, I'm, I'm lucky to be here. Sure. You know, I have, I grew up, I grew up on a dairy farm, right? So yeah. I, there were all these cousins that would come every summer and there was a group of, of three boys and there was another group of three boys. Hmm. And then there was my brother, I, and my younger sister. So there was these, this group and the middle cousin, the middle child like myself, okay. both of them are gone. One of them was a brilliant psychologist, um, actually designed the selection major for submariners for the Navy. And was, uh, I mean, he was, my cousin was amazing. Talked to him all the time mm-hmm. and he took his life from, from you know, struggling with mental illness. And my other cousin, another middle boy, mm-hmm. like myself, was the nicest, kindest, funniest guy you'd ever meet. Sure. And he died in his brother's arms from alcohol poisoning while mm-hmm. dealing with depression on the way to the hospital. So wow. I've seen death in my family from this disease. Right. And, um, you know, I think not enough people talk about it. Like, right. I think if more people were honest about their struggles with depression in particular, mm-hmm. with believing that there's no future, and that's, that's really when you're clinically blessed, you know, you honestly don't believe that there's any future. I've had times when, when I've been in real estate where I literally was doing it because my children needed me to sell houses to pay the bills. Mm. And that was the only thing that was dragging me to work to, to get it done. Wow. And then I had clients that needed me to provide a great service to them and protect them and take care of them. Mm. So I was depressed, but other people needed me and that kept me alive. Right, so I believe that there was no reason for me to be alive any longer. Wow. That if I was alone, if you isolate, it's very dangerous. Sure. Um, so, the best book on depression that okay. I think has ever been written, the conclusion is: if you're depressed, reach for the living. Mm-hmm. If your mood state is abnormal, get around people that have a normal mood state. Mm. And I think, you know, real estate's been this tremendous blessing for me because when I've been depressed. There were people that needed me to do a great job for them, and I wasn't going to let other people down. Even if I no longer felt that I had a purpose, there was needs of others. So, long-winded answer, but but I think that, uh, you know, if someone's depressed, find a good doctor, Mm -hmm. work on it, and there's always light at the end of the tunnel. And I've been Mm -hmm. very fortunate because as I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot better at not being depressed. Right. And, I, you know, it's funny, I listened to Athena Brownson, who's the, one of the most wonderful, joyful, fun people oh, for sure. to know. Yeah. And when she was, I listened to her, her podcast with you, and she's like, oh, you got to meet John Stegner, because uh. I helped her get her career started. <laughs> yes. And she's like, he's the happiest guy you'll ever meet, right? Uh-huh. Like, he's just so much, so, he's the happiest, lightest person. And I guess that's the wonderful blessing about learning to have a rubber butt mm-hmm. and bouncing back is that, you know... You start to appreciate life when it's good and when you can see things clearly all that much more for the tough times. Right. So everybody out there who's had a challenge, who's who fails, you gotta give yourself permission to get right back up. Mm-hmm. You gotta give yourself forgiveness for whatever those failures have been. And then you gotta celebrate when you can, you know, get back to, to living the good life. And it's always around the corner. You won't see it. But it's always right there. So, but don't be all sad. No, no, no. Don't be all serious. Because it's it's good stuff, man. For me, it it it, uh, pulls up my heartstrings, and I know that there's so many people out there who are watching or listening to this right now, and they they feel the same way. Because I I agree with you 100. percent The the topic is not brought up enough. Mm -hmm. Um, There there is a certain uh, society has a a stigma or a thought process into clinical depression and being. Why are you sad? Be happy. Like it can just turn on and turn off, and it, it, it's it's it is a serious problem, and um, but ultimately, when you look at it, at least from from my process, my perspective is that you continually work, and just like anything that we do in our lives, you, you're never just finished. You're never done. You, you're always evolving. You're always growing, and things go up and things go down, uh, and even being clinically depressed that way, John, you didn't let it stop you, and. Yes, I'm sure there's times that you know are very, very difficult going through, and you had to change and reposition and change and reposition. As I got older, I learned that stopping is not the answer. 
right? When you're younger, I, when I'm younger, I made the mistake of walking away and stopping. Okay. But I got better at it. And one of my, the couple of mentors that I, I love and respect, mm -hmm. like their, their story, they boiled it down multiple times, their entrepreneurial story, to the secret is just to keep showing up. Like, if you keep Agreed. showing up, the magic will happen, mm. you know? But if you, it, but as soon as you stop showing up, you can't create, right? right? The magic's gone. Mm. So yeah, I mean, that's, I, uh, I have a couple of guys that I really respect and they both, when you hear two mentors boil down like the, their magic secret bullet to the mm. same thing. <laughs> there, there's something note, there, like, right? Keep showing up, like in real estate especially, where 90% of people give up after the first year. Sure. Like, you gotta be scrappy, you gotta figure out ways to keep the bills paid. Mm -hmm. But if you keep showing up, and you keep putting effort into it, wow. you can create something that is, is wonderful. I mean, the things that I've been able to do with my family because of being a real estate agent, I told you I spent the it worked from the Azores for the yeah. month of July in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. That's awesome. I spent three weeks in Belize, um, you know, scuba diving with my family this year. Like, I've had this magical ride because of the flexibility and financial freedom that being a real estate agent has offered me. Mm -hmm. And um, thank goodness I kept showing up, right? I was going to say. Because I could have quit. You kept showing multiple up. Multiple times. Right, John? And that's the, that's the message. Uh, you know, hopefully everybody's... Uh, hearing this and seeing this, and John, I can't thank you enough for sharing that. It's not easy to do to air stuff out in front of everybody. Well, I, I appreciate the the megaphone to be able to share it, hmm. you know, because I, I, don't, I don't think people talk about it enough, and maybe one person listening to this, it makes a difference for them. I, I know so. it will. I know it will. Yeah. You're out there. Please, you know, listen to this man. He knows what he's talking about. Um, and John, this is great. I want to shift gears onto a softer question okay. into this, and this is actually one of my favorites. Uh, it's the travel back in time question. Now, this isn't to, you know, tap yourself on the shoulder and slide lottery numbers across and say, hey, please, this right, right. on this day or bet on this team or, or drastically change anything. But the question is, is if you could travel back in time and give your younger self a piece of advice or two, any time frame, any age range, for any reason, what would you say to your younger self? <laughs> right now, uh, I say, love that reaction. Right, right now, I say, man, you need to work out every day. Okay. Like, cause, oh <laughs> my gosh, yeah, uh, like, oh, yeah, I got saving knee surgery and oh no, I, I mean, honestly, you know, physical health is a is a tremendous thing, and I've played all these sports, you know, and sure. I've, I've I've trained for these peak experiences, like you know, the half Ironman, or wow. I ran a trail marathon, or mm -hmm. did all these Xterras, or. You know, I played competitive tennis and stuff, but I, I don't just do the like 30 minutes every day. Mm -hmm. And again, or what the, all the, if I want to make that 90 year old managing broker here at the office, this is- We want this, that, John. Right. This Everybody is the, wants that. This is the advice that, I mean, healthy body, healthy mind too. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the thing, like you, you can get wrapped up in being an entrepreneur and selling real estate and your client's needs can always come before your own. Right. And whether it's the ninja morning where you take time to write your goals, mm -hmm. I mean, that, that, that's critical. I mean, you, you gotta take some time in the morning that is yours, that is structured to set your intention, mm -hmm. hopefully to get some exercise, yeah. you know, and to move your body, because that's gonna improve your cognitive function, mm -hmm. it's gonna keep you alive, it's gonna allow you to, you know, do anything you wanna do. Awesome. And, I'm, and maybe it's, it seems like a simple one, but it's the no. hardest thing in the world. And all the guys that I, and gals that I know that are older than me, and you know, they're getting old. Yeah. So, you know, the ones that are, to just do something every day, it can be a walk, it can be Tai Chi, it can be whatever, all mm -hmm. yoga, I mean, whatever it is, the, the ones that it's just part of living mm -hmm. is moving. Right. Those are the ones that are doing great. way for for the listeners like mm -hmm. the only time of the day and especially in real estate when things can get crazy and you get those phone calls and you get all excited and someone wants to see a house and yeah. you know all the stuff that's for you later in the day can just fall apart it gets away from you yeah i mean you know things there's a lot of unexpected work in real estate mm -hmm. but 
if you get up in the morning and you write your goals and you structure your time and you time block, mm -hmm. one, sometimes you get better at saying no to clients right. because there's something on your calendar that's important, which could be a yoga class. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because you can't sacrifice your you can't sacrifice your health, you can't sacrifice your wellness mm -hmm. routine and habits for the job. If you do, again, you're gonna be one of those agents that might make a lot of money several years in a row, sure. but then out of the industry. And I think you and I were talking about that mm -hmm. you know, beforehand, is I've seen tons of talented agents come in, make a lot of money, be very quote-unquote successful, mm -hmm. but then have to move out of the profession because of the stress um, being too much. Right. So. It, whether it's health, uh, right. relationship uh, troubles, issues, right. uh, you know, and I think that time blocking instance is crucially important. And I agree, and I know that everybody out watching and listening agrees to that too. Is uh, you know figuring out those times where there is you time. It's not being selfish. No. Uh, the better that we can take care of ourselves, the better we can take care of others. Uh, that includes our family, our clients, right, our tribes. So I, I think that you'll put the mask, oxygen mask on yourself first so you can help everybody else. Yeah. This guy, I'll tell you, just comes right <laughs> out the cup here. But John, that, that's so true and that, that, that's good advice. Well, I like that question. No one can travel back in time, right? Right. To our knowledge yet, anyway. Uh, uh, so, but when you look at it that way, that's advice that all of us can apply right now. Yeah, you see oh, what yeah. I mean? So, th so that's what, so if you're listening or watching to this, look, John would have said that to his younger, younger self, amongst things. So just start doing it. Right. Just start, start listening well, to what and, this man's saying. Find social, if you're in real estate, find social activities that are healthy. Volleyball or, or dodgeball. It doesn't matter. You're right. going to meet people, make relationships. So you can be, you know, getting in shape and networking. It doesn't have to be out at the bar, which is where a lot of people think networking right. happens. It can be, you know, like I said, I bring up these examples of, of people that have huge networks through a shared love of any kind of activity. Right. So find healthy activities, and then you're going to have more fun. Well, you so. had mentioned hella skiing and, right. and different things. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of other cool things you can be doing, too. Mountain biking, if it's a running club, anything like that. Oh, I yeah. Mean, I mean, there's lots. Yeah, and, and make sure it's something you want to do. But I, I, mean, I, I, I encourage agents to do that all the time. One guy, I got him into platform tennis, which is my current sport that I play competitively and love. Very cool. And, you know, he just had a coffee with uh, his first person after being in the league for less than a year. Huh. Talk about helping him with buying or selling real estate. So go. he's been out picking up a new sport, getting healthy. He's going to hopefully get a transaction out of it. One other lady, I was encouraging her to do the same thing. She got into a running club and she ended up with like three transactions out of that running club yeah. in less than a year. So, you know, structure, build your life, mm -hmm. you know, engage in activities that you want to do, and your work will be there. I mean, you don't want to structure your life around your work. Well said. So Yeah, and that, that genuine nature comes through all the way, um, John. So I, I love this, and I want to move on to the next question. This is actually a big crowd pleaser into this series as well. Everybody wants to know what the Titans are feeding their minds, how they're growing intellectually, and, and what, what you're putting in there on a regular basis. So I, I lead into it with books you're reading or read, podcasts you're listening to or enjoy, um, if it's YouTube videos or uh, coaches, national speakers, how are you feeding your mind, John? Um, one book that I really like is The Happiness Advantage okay. by um, Sean Ankor. He, uh, he did a TED Talk that oh. boils down some of it, but The Happiness Advantage is a really good book. and he's a, He has the most popular course at Harvard. Is a kind of a health and wellness like happiness course, but he's a <laughs> happiness researcher. Very cool. And I, I've read some of the books about the blue zones, you know, parts of the world where people live longer and, and mm. are much happier. And, and some of that psychology research is really interesting. Love it. But I, you know, I just take everything, every time you go to a, you have a speaker in, mm. if they mention a book, I write it down and then I download it right away and then I try to listen to it while I'm in the car. Like the last one I did was a, a book on the Japanese concept of Akagi, hmm. which Akagi is like purpose. Okay. And it talks about, you know, these people that, you know, are this master tea, uh, a tea master. Mm -hmm. And that's their whole life. And people come from all over the world to get tea served by this person, and that's all they do. That's their purpose. That's their one thing. Hmm. The Akagi or a sushi chef or you name it. But, you know, knowing what your purpose is, is a very powerful concept. Love that. And you know, I like to think that my purpose is to be of service. Mm. And that being of service is a great litmus test 
you know, if someone has a need and I can help, if that's my purpose, I better help, you right. know? And it makes decisions easy to know what your purpose is. So that was that was a recent one. Okay. But um, no, I mean it's 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 everything from I read a lot of at times just fiction just okay. for fun. That's great. You know, I just read The Wolf Pack, which is about a yeah. a um, a uh, park ranger okay. up in Montana, no Wyoming, who always is getting in trouble. Huh. It's a whole series. Yeah. So I've read a bunch of them. Cool. And it's just fun to read about you know, what life is like in rural Wyoming. So sometimes it's just escaping. I love science fiction. Love that. Uh, it, it's ridiculous. If you want to, I'll give you my login to iTunes. If you want to watch any <laughs> science fiction movie or TV uh, show, I bought them all. Uh, so awesome. yeah, I mean, it's it's all over the board. So, but I, I think your, your point of having a constant diet of a little bit of the inspirational, mm-hmm. um, uh, again, my bachelor's was in psychology, social psychology, I loved, I loved it fascinating so I'm always up for for those that genre as well uh, I, I think that's uh, th- that's a big takeaway all the, the happiness through. advantage well, that's I, a great one because it has all sorts of practical advice okay. it's not some theoretical thing it's like if you want to work out go to sleep in your workout clothes and have your gym shoes right next to your bed <laughs> and you're probably gonna work <laughs> out right, right? Yeah, like sure. but it's it's full of those little tips that I've actually incorporated in my life sure you know at times and right. uh, you know and, and they work so it's a, it's a good little handbook if you want to increase, you know, achieve goals and, you know, increase your kind of sense of well-being. I personally enjoy that because I think everybody out there is looking for certain levels of life hacks or how that I can improve this or time frame, right. whether it's family or whether it's health or business or spirituality, um, you know, that sort of thing. So, but my big uh, thought process takeaway is I like the fact that you're taking it from different areas that you are consuming content from so many different sources. And right it's now not- it's the Hallmark Channel, just so I can cry. <laughs> like, well, I'm, I'm drinking well, this it, water because of all the tears I've had tis from the, the Hallmark Channel lately. It's making me... <laughs> Sorry. We're a week away from Christmas, right? I think it's next week. Is this the Christmas episode? Are you doing one next week? Uh, no, I I got one on Friday, so that'll, oh, that'll, be, darn, that'll technically the be the Christmas cast. episode. It, it's, darn it's, it. it's, no, it's it's close. It's okay, close. Okay, okay. But um, you know, when when I look at it that way, I just I think it's so crucially important, as you stated, just to always consume great content and and from different areas, and, and it doesn't just have to strictly be motivational or business related. It, it can be science fiction. It can be completely something out of the realm that takes you and, and changes your brain thought process. And it makes us more well-rounded, more open to interpret all kinds of conversations, um, you know, people engaging in interactions. If someone's on stage, if it's a YouTube video or a podcast, there's just so yeah. much out there. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, the screen time now with social media and with the news and everything that's sure. in the news it can suck the the joy oh, out of everybody. Anybody. Yeah, and I, I mean, pay attention to the screen time monitor on your phone. You know, I, I've hit five hours a day sometimes mm-hmm. on my cell phone screen time. That's just wrong. And that I'm, I don't feel good when that happens. Right. And I've gotten hooked on the news mm-hmm. at, at times because it's been rather interesting lately. Sure. And, uh, you know, it's not good for me. So... The Morning Smile. Mm-hmm. Sign up for The Morning Smile. It's a awesome daily newsletter with all the good news Very out there cool. in the world. And get off the CNNs and everything else right. because The Morning Smile can change your whole perspective about everybody around you. It's it's just beautiful stories of people doing really good things and being everyday heroes. That's and other agents in the group, I've got them hooked on the morning smile and off the news. So anything that works for me, I got a big mouth, so I'll tell everybody else. And, <laughs> this is great. And so, you know, like maybe totally happy when one of the agents like walked in the other day, like I love the morning smile. You know, like after I told them so, that and they've been that. reading it for a few weeks. And it was it made them made their perspective much better. I, I think so, that's healthy. Careful to, what you consume. Well, and agree, positive or negative, because you are guilty by association, and we are at the end of the day, what we consume, right? Oh, yeah. So in any form or fashion, but especially our mind. Um, so I'm going to have links in the comments down below, as always, so that you can feed your mind and follow this man. The Morning Smile will be in that uh, the comments below. It's so everybody awesome. Can, I'm going to get you hooked on it. Yeah, I, so, I love it. I'm going to jump on that too because it's there, and I, I don't think you can have enough uh, positive mindset. Demilt is a art daily newsletter okay. that features incredible art, cartoons, culture. <laughs> so those are my two daily 
newsletters that I still subscribe to because I try to unsubscribe from everything else. So it's the morning smile and the milk. I get a little art and culture okay. in my inbox. I get a little good news from the world, and it inspires me. So their the art and culture one is awesome. It, and it has everything from, like, you know, the the annual winners of uh, wildlife photography contest, and you're blown away to, like, just hilarious comics. I mean, you never know what's going to come in, but it's all just art and culture. Wow. So, and, it's good. And again, rounded all the way through. Links yep. in the comments down below. Everybody's going to be there, John. I can't thank you enough for just taking the time. I know you're a super busy guy and just sharing your story and everything that you got. I mean, it's just Busy incredible. is a dirty word. We don't use busy. Th th this man is a very so. productive man. <laughs> uh, you know, very, very regimented. It's a four-letter word. Four yes. Four-letter word. We don't allow talking about being busy. That's not, not good. I'm just saying, I so. appreciate your time. I know everybody else does out there too. I want to wrap everything up with a final question. All right. And this ends up being a quote. Or mantra that you might live by that sums you up as a man, as a professional, what's that look like for you? I should have read your questions in advance. Oh, Damn gosh, it. there's a reason. So, <laughs> no, I'm going to steal it. I, I mean, my, I'm going to steal the keep showing up one. Love because, it. you know, if I can just keep showing up, you know, I know I'll do good things. If I keep my purpose of service intact... And that's that's my intention, and I keep showing up. How can I go wrong, right? I'll yeah. I, I'll, I'll keep selling houses. I'll keep helping the agents around here, um, and life will be good. So um, I, I think that sums you up beautifully all the way through and through. I I hopefully can see that a ninety year old man <laughs> with a bow tie on, inspiring people and motivating everybody. One of my agents brought a baby into the office, um, her, her little one, uh, this last week, and okay. I got to hold the baby, and, <laughs> and um, I told her basically childcare is free. Okay. Anytime she needs to come in, <laughs> oh, uh, you know, like, I, I will, like, holding babies is, like, the, my favorite thing, and uh, yeah. really good for your soul. So cool. But she called me Papa John, so that I'm, that's what I'm working for now. Papa John. Is I'm, I'm working <laughs> so that someday when I'm 90 years old, everybody will just call me Papa John around the office. That'll uh. be perfect. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Your, your tribe and, and everything that you built is just phenomenal. And the energy is intoxicating. It's super positive. It's and, fun. And you had mentioned, Athena, everything that she said was absolutely true. So shout out to <laughs> Athena if you're watching. Um, but everybody, thank you so much for your time and attention. John, I want to thank you. Thank you are an official real estate titan, my friend. All right. So thank you so much. So. And everybody out there, live every Tuesday and Friday afternoon, a different titan in a different location. If you like what we're doing here at the Real Estate Titans, please don't forget to like our Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and have a listen on iTunes. Spotify and Google Podcasts. We'll catch everybody on the next live episode of Real Estate Titans. Take care.